It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the SteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis. We just talked about expectations. I want to get your all's thoughts on some training camp battles. And I have an article that's going to be running on Wednesday. I think it's at nine o'clock in the morning. And I basically went through all the training camp battles that we had going on prior to camp starting. And I want to see where you think it is as of right now. So y'all ready for this? Yes. Right, no, let's but okay, let's, so let's try it. You haven't been ready for anything. It's fine. <laughs> <Just said>. Okay. <laughs> I, I had an expectate one more expectation, and that was oh, for go, Brian go to, ahead for Brian to actually watch the game so we can discuss it after. That will be important. <laughs> watch every single snap, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's didn't, get let's get to this. Didn't know if Deontay Johnson played that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go with the center position. So we're talking about the battle that was between Hassenauer, Finney, and Green. We all know Dave brought it up at the press conference. Everyone was like, well, did Tomlin say that he shouldn't, you shouldn't read too much into green getting two starts to start the preseason. It doesn't matter how. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. After one game, after one game, how do you see this shaking out at the center position? Brian, we'll start with you. I uh, graded the other day, Mr. Kendrick Green or I'm sorry, Quadric Green, Dave, I apologize. Uh, Mr. Green, number 53, I, it looks like they are grooming him to be the starter. And the way he played in the game, he got a lot of push in the Hall of Fame game. It seems like he's winning that battle already. But we haven't seen that much of anybody else. 
Uh, I think it's almost like the, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about the other battle, the big battle that Jeff's concerned about, but it's almost, so I'm not going to bring those players up, but I am going to bring up Kendrick Green and say, if he could continue to be consistent and get the kind of play that we got from him in the Hall of Fame game, then the job is probably his. If he uh, if he reverts back to looking like a rookie, because he, I thought he looked, I thought he looked pretty good the other day. I know there was a, there was a, some problems with snaps in practice, but there was not a problem with a snap from him to Mason. It was a bobble between Mason and Chase Claypool. So I was not as uh, concerned about that. So if he plays clean, that battle's his. I think right now he's got to be the front runner. Dave, what do you think? I was surprised at something from this past game. Do you know that Kendrick Green played the least amount of snaps on the offensive line out of any player? I that did. kind of blew my mind. I when did you, just when, because I read the article. Because you did the article on it. Right. That that surprised me. That Hassenauer played 41 and Green played 18. Where with every so they brought Hassenauer in to play what one series with the other guys that were running as ones in that game before they then switched the uh, end of the other four guys, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. But I, I still kind of feel like it's Green's job to. I don't want to say lose. I'm going to say to not grab because he's being given every opportunity to do it. To not grab. To not grab. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If 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 he if he doesn't get if he doesn't get the week one starting job, it's not from lack of of a chance to show what he has. He's been given the opportunity day in and day out in practice running with the ones. Every time when they start practice and they go to do seven shots, they like the list out. Who's the offensive line? I try to put that tweet in the in the tracker article every day, and it's been Kendrick Green. So he's getting yeah. his chance. Well, and it's funny because Mike Tomlin did say, you know, should we read into this? And he said, you shouldn't. And then he followed it up with all these glowing remarks of Kendrick Green and his work ethic and how he's yeah. adapting well and varsity level stuff. Mm -hmm. Unless Kendrick Green starts throwing snaps over heads or bouncing them or fumbling, it's his job. I think that's safe to say it's his job, like you all said. All right, let's go to another training camp battle. Let's talk about guard. This wasn't necessarily one that was talked about a bunch, but now all of a sudden, you know, Rashad Coward has in injected himself into a, a pretty important role. Guys, what's going to happen at guard in terms of the depth? Not necessarily starters, but who do they keep? You got Hassenauer who can play guard. You have Finney who can play guard. Finney, I don't think, played any snaps at center no. on Monday night. So, what do we have going on with the depth at guard? Brian, go ahead. I think the guy that is uh, the most susceptible to being cut would be BJ Finney out of the three. I I would think that. I think that they're high enough on Hassenauer um, with the fact as a backup, being able to play both positions. And if it's, it's a situation between the both of those, I think Hassenauer wins that faceoff. Now, I a lot of people in the live chat will uh, do not want to see that, and I get it. But I'm just saying, I'm saying what I think will happen. Now, Coward came out of nowhere, and when I say came out of nowhere, the fans when they signed him and when they signed Joe Haig as well, when they signed both of these guys, they it, there was no excitement over it. There was really no fanfare whatsoever. They they were being labeled as camp bodies, and 
I think Coward came out in that game the other day and proclaimed that I am not a camp body, that I can go ahead and hold down my job here. So I really think that if it's a face, I mean, if it's the three and two go in, it's not going to be Finn. But if uh, the front runner right now for that backup guard position has got to be Coward based on what we saw. All right, Dave, what do you think about the guard position? Yeah, I'm kind of on the exact opposite end there as one Brian Anthony Davis. I think B.J. Finney and how he played in the Hall of Fame game and the fact that he stepped in at guard and, in my opinion, he's a much better guard than center. I think I don't think there's any way Benny, Finney doesn't make this team. Um, he's just – he came – I we have I haven't talked about him enough because I was one that said, hey, we don't have anything from 2020 to go off of because he wasn't even good enough to get on the field for Seattle. And then after he got traded to the Bengals, he couldn't get on the fa- field there either. But you know what? He was on the field on Monday night or Monday night, Thursday night in the Hall of Fame game. I can't remember what, what day it is. He played 24 snaps. And if you not the PFF grades or what you know, if they're the end all be all of everything, I'm not saying that, but Jeff did the article. Finney was the third highest ranked offensive lineman. Okay, he did very well because they had him at guard. I've had from the very beginning, I've had Rashad Coward on this team because I thought you know he actually brings in some experience at guard, and right now he's your starting left guard for now. So that's why I'm I'm thinking that's the way it rolls out. So we weren't even talking about guard yet, but we kind of got there because of the BJ Finney thing, right? Yeah. I, I have Hassanauer possibly not making the team. I have Hassanauer not making the team. And boy, what what a damning thing that would be because he's the starting center on the depth chart right now. I think it'd well, be pretty funny. They didn't it change the depth chart. I know, I know, they, I know. They left guys' names on there that aren't on the team I know, anymore. <laughs> I know, which is hysterical <laughs> in its own right. Let's go to the next position. The training camp battle is running back. This one's got interesting because of an injury. That was to Benny Snell. Kalen Balaj has played well, but now he's hurt and he's probably not going to play on Thursday. We know Najee's making the team. Who else makes it? We, I, th- I would think it's safe to say you agree or disagree. Najee, Ant Mac are on the team. Anthony McFarland, who else makes it? How many do they keep? Let's throw the fullbacks into this mix as well. Brian, what do you think? Well, let's start with this and, and take a look. And the one guy that I'm going to talk about here as uh, that I think is as good as gone would be his 1.9 average and it's Jalen Samuels. I think, I think he's done. And unless, unless he goes absolutely crazy in a preseason game and breaks a few off, I just think he's at the bottom of the list right now. Kalen Balage did a lot of power back things in that hall of fame game Then he did get hurt, but he is uh, one of the things that he's being counted on as being is a, uh, inside the inside the five runner you know your goal line back and somebody that you could really count on so i'm thinking that that's a guy that we look at here as a possibility to make the team if he can be healthy benny snell's got to get into camp and be able to play and be healthy enough i mean he's in camp i get it but he's got to be healthy enough to go to see what he can do but kalen's got a nice head start in this race Okay, Dave, what do you think about the running backs? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I'm working on our 53-man, you know, our projected 53-man roster. Um, 
I said I wasn't going to believe in Balazs until I saw him do something in black and gold. And then I saw him do something in black and gold. And he seems like he would be the kind of runner that could fill in for Najee Harris, not as a change of pace back, but to just come in if there is an issue, as often happens, as I've said over and over again, if you know, of missing part or a, or a full game due to injury. I liked what I saw, but here's the key. He can miss this game and still be fine. I think that he's got to get back for the next one. I, I agree with Brian. I did not, unless they're going to keep Jalen Samuels to use him at completely at a different way in a Matt Canada offense, rather than just running back, whether they're going to, you know, it's the H back or wing back or something like that. Unless they have plans like that, there's not a good reason to hold on to him after what we saw from the hall of fame game. And Benny Snell, it's funny. I'm not ready to dismiss Benny Snell yet because we haven't seen him, but there's a good chance that, we'll, that we'll, when we do, then we could dismiss Benny Snell. So it, uh, it's like right now, I'm not ready to get rid of him yet because we either we either need to A, see him out there and not be very effective or B, him never get out there is what's going to happen to keep him off of it. I would not be shocked. We, we know Derek Watts going to stay as the fullback. They could, other than fullback, keep only three more running backs like they used to do rather than the four or five that they've done at times last year if they wanted to keep – uh, a player someone else what do they do with someone like trey edmonds too who could be a backup fullback he can also yeah. be running back special teams guy he he's one a, he can throw a wrench into this plan well to me he's one of those veterans that you want to keep on the practice squad if he doesn't get picked up by another team okay brian gentlemen i want to make a plug when we talk about one trey edmonds not terrell but when we talk about trey what I want to say is check out Jeffrey Benedict's show that debuted this morning. Actually, debuted at noon today. It's from the cutting room floor, and he talks about Trey Edmonds and some of the things that he had done in that game the other day as a fullback and as a possibility to make this team. It was really interesting. So if you want to you know, get really good film study and really good information on these players, on the roles that they play and the possibilities – Trey Edmonds was one that he highlighted and that's an interesting battle, but I still think that a guy like Derek Watt probably has the advantage, but you never know. Yeah. Let's go to the most important training camp battle now. And that is the battle of punter. They've my boy, big <laughs> press and weasel boy, Jordan Berry. So we didn't see Jordan Berry at all last game. I was surprised by that. I honestly was. You all can tell me if you were surprised. But still, how do you see this playing out? How do you see them handling this? Do you think that this is Big Press's job to lose? Or is this a, still a battle for the rest of the preseason? Brian, we'll start with you. It's really interesting because what a lot of people are saying about Jordan Berry in camp, that he's having a heck of a camp. But Jared Jordan Berry is what I like to call fool's gold. He'll look good early and then just just fall to pieces. I remember going to a game. It was Pat Mahomes first game as actually second game as a starter week number two against Pittsburgh in 2018, I believe. And it was really funny to watch because when they, uh, the Steelers were stinking up the game at the beginning and here comes Jordan Berry into the game first punt. And I'm sitting in the end zone down low. And what's he do? He shanks one for about 18 yards. And that was after the week before where he was terrible. 
you know, he's a guy that they've tried to get rid of. Like I said the other day on the show, uh, if you missed uh, missed it, I talked about Duke from Rocky. This man's no good for us. I saw you beat that man like no man's been beat before, and the man just kept coming back. And so that's kind of the situation we're looking at. I hope they look at history here with Jordan Berry because he does not give you a full 16-game season. He won't give you a full 17-game season this year. Presley the Har- Pre- Presley the Harvard. Presley Harvin the <laughs> third has an opportunity here. I like that. Presley the Harvin. Presley uh, the Harvin. PDH has an opportunity here to be a national sensation. That was a nationally televised game the other night. And who were who was the NFL network talking about in this game? Who was ESPN talking about? Everybody was talking about the big punter for the Steelers. And that was a big deal. They were talking about this guy. He's not safe on a, he's not safe. He's not Corliss Waitman. He's not going to hang out on a practice squad all year. He's, he's gone. If you, so you got to look into the future. You got to look into the crystal ball and you've got to decide that this guy, if he has growing pains, it's fine, but you've got to, you've got to turn the page (laughs) and the, and the face on the next page, the centerfold on the next page is big press laying there like this. Oh like boy. Burt Reynolds <laughs> in uh, 1978. So, Dave, what do you think about Presley, the Harvin, the third, or Jordan Berry? <laughs> yeah, well, a few things. First of all, some of the live chat said one shank punt can cost you a game. Absolutely. I was there when the Steelers lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in Mike Glennon. That That was a Glennon game. I mean, the Steelers made the stop on fourth down when they were up four points to win the game and fans started leaving. I'm like, uh, they still got two timeouts. And I'm like, it would have been fine. Except Brad wing, Shankopotamus, right? I think they got it inside the 40 or around the yeah. around the Steelers 40. And that's how they were able to score that touchdown with four seconds left. It was ridiculous. So, yes, a shank punt, punt can cost you a game. Let's just say this. Presley Harvin is going to be on an NFL team as their punter this year. It better be the Steelers. Because if they release him, everyone else saw what he did in that game. Someone else is going to pick him up. Jordan Berry, if he doesn't make, it, make the team, he's probably – going back to Australia. Jordan Berry, he is like my brother-in-law playing cornhole. That is, if he's if when he's matched up against someone, if someone throws four, four bags off the board, he's going to throw four bags off the board. If someone throws and puts all four on the board, he'll put all four on the board. If they throw three in the hole, he'll throw three in the hole. He only plays as good as the competition he's up against. And that's what's going on with Jordan Berry. When you have someone in camp that's going to threaten his job, he'll be out there and he'll go out and 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 do what he has to do to win it. But when he's there all by himself and it's his job, he kind of crumbles. Presley the Harvin. Um, I I forgot all about this. I'll bring this up. Uh, Boing Boom Shack says <laughs> Jordan Berry calling his own fake in Arizona. Forgot about that play when they played the Cardinals. And remember, he mm-hmm. just took the ball and ran. He got peeled. That was the only mm-hmm. positive from that play. But anyways, let's move on. Let's get through these quick. We're running out of time. Um, let's go to the tight end backup tight end three 
Gentry versus Raider. Zach Gentry versus Kevin Raider. I want to make sure Brian knows who the players are. Brian, quick, who you got in this one so far? Number 87, Kevin Raider is blocking like a champion. So I'm going with him over the former Michigan quarterback. Number 81, 6'8", Zach Gentry. <laughs> Booyah. What about you, Dave? Not off my game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get the numbers right? I missed it. I was I was too he busy. He got the height and the weight right. I don't know if he okay. got there. I was too busy. Right? 87? At Andrew Wilbar saying with, uh, you know, having – you know, Brad, Brad Wing. Wing with John Harbaugh with Wing It with Wang. Um, that's that's <laughs> fantastic. Great, great podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I first said, yeah, <laughs> how do you bring it back now? I first said Kevin Rader because I thought he plays great special teams and blocks well. Zach Gentry's been having himself a camp as well. Um, I think Gentry's going to get the nod. I don't know that Raider would get picked up by someone else so they could keep a fourth. It might be that the Steelers value running two tight end sets and might want to keep four tight ends rather than four running backs. Yeah. That would not shock me if they kept an extra tight end for that reason. Because if you do, you don't need the extra receiver because in essence, Ebron's acting as a receiver more than an actual tight end, if you think about it. Yeah. No, I, I'm all bored. If they keep both of them, I would be 100% on board with that. Let's go through some more here. Quarterback, we're talking about QB2, 3, and 4. So we know BTR, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, Joshua Dobbs. It's a tough one. Brian, go ahead. Number two, it's Mason Rudolph right now. There's nothing he did to lose his job on on Thursday. So I would go ahead and say... Number two is number two. And then you look at number three, and that's just we need to see a better sample out of Dwayne Haskins. We know what, what Joshua Dobbs can do, and we know how much Ben Roethlisberger values him on the sidelines as a sounding board. But the thing is, what kind of future do you have in a guy with pedigree, and can that pedigree come back? Can that pedigree show itself again? And so that's what this camp is for. They're seeing some stuff that we don't know about. And when Dave, uh, when Dave gave that answer about why he was checking down, that makes total sense. And I completely agree with it, but I want to see that. I want to see what he can do in a game when it's, there's two minutes on the clock and he's got to run that two minute drill and throw it down the field. I want to see what he can do as well. So right now, He's done nothing to say there, there's a reason for me to stay. But right, right now, Dave, no one else no, is number two. Sorry. No. Okay. That's okay. Dave, go ahead. Yeah. A lot, like I said, a lot of people, however you felt about things going into the Hall of Fame game, you're not going to feel different coming out of it. Those people that want to get rid of Mason Rudolph tried to say he played terrible when he played, you know, once again, PFF scores more than 20 points higher than the other two. You know, that's just what it was when it, when it came down to it. Um, but you've still got to look at, are they, are they processing things right? Are they making the right decisions? Are they doing what they should do in all the circumstances? Um, I always said that I wasn't going to put Haskins on the roster until I actually saw him do something in black and gold. He didn't show me anything that, that 
that would show that he the Steelers shouldn't keep him around, but he also didn't do anything to blow me away to show that he's there. Um, it's it's um it's a deadlock right now to me. Yeah, I'm glad we have three more games to decide. That's the thing. I was just going to say this isn't going to get decided. Let's get and. let's get yeah, and I'm back. Um, <laughs> let's go. I, we're going to leave the training camp battles. We're running out of time. I want to get this. I did a little over under. We're going to do this real quick, yeah. and then we'll give you some trivia. Okay, let's do for the upcoming game. Pittsburgh offensive touchdowns over under two and a half. Dave, we'll start with you. <sighs> Two and a half. Uh, I'll, I'm, I won't go under. I'm going to say two. I'd love to see three, but I'm just – I'm going to play the – the. I'm going to dial it down a little bit because last week I went crazy thinking they were going to score all these points, and they didn't. So, um, oh, you said offense. Why was I thinking passing touchdowns? I'll go over. I'll say three. Okay. Brian? Under one. I'm going to say under two, and I think they get a defensive touchdown. So, that doesn't count. So, I'm going to take the under. Next, points – uh, surrendered. So this is the defense giving up points, I guess, or special teams. 12 and a half. Dave, what do you think? Under. Oh, very nice. Which Brian. is funny. My sport prediction was over when I did it on Scobro, but I'm going to say under. Okay. Brian? I'll go say over, but slightly. I'm looking at 16, 17. Okay. I'm going to say under because Joe Flacco is on the team. Uh, <laughs> sacks for the Steelers defense. So getting after the Eagles quarterbacks, we'll set the line at three and a half. Dave, what do you think? Over. I thought you'd go four and a half. And I'd still go over. Yeah, because I, I don't know. It just seems a little different. Brian, what do you think? I'm going to say uh, under and they'll get three. Okay. I'm going to say over with four. Uh, so here's one. This is not over under technically just a question. Out of the three quarterbacks I'm about to list, tell me which one won't have a touchdown pass. Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, or Joshua Dobbs? Brian, go ahead. Joshua Dobbs. Hmm. The only one they have on last week. Okay, that's fine. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to say Joshua Dobbs because I think when it's all said and done, they're going to even out eventually. I'm going to say Rudolph will not have a touchdown pass this game. And then lastly, is a fun one. Will Mike Tomlin call a timeout? Not in, in a non-two-minute situation. He did not call a timeout at all last Thursday night. Dave, we'll start with you. No. You don't think he calls one? He Now, he, not the Steelers, where Tallman calls a timeout, meaning yes. if the the if the clock's running down on a play and, you know, all of a sudden Haskins has to turn and call a timeout rather than a delay a game, I don't – if we're counting that – no, that, that would I be Haskins making the call. I'm saying yeah. Tomlin's Tomlin calling it. Nope. Nope. Brian. He wants to get out of there. Yep. No way. And Dave's right. He wants to get out of there. <laughs> All right. That's it for me. Let's go with Dave with some trivia. All right. Uh, this was inspired by Jeffrey Benedict's and my Vertex article that will be running on Wednesday at I think 11 a.m. at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It was interesting because we were looking at we were actually breaking down the punts by Presley Harvin the third. Oh, sorry, Presley the Harvin third. Oh, um, so that the that we were doing it, but Jeffrey brought up the whole notion of where I should look up and see how does the opponent starting field position how how does that affect what the Steelers how well the Steelers defense does? I went back and looked at it. I looked up if if the Steelers can pin their opponent inside the ten yard line. 
How many touchdowns do you think they've given up, both regular season and postseason, since Mike Tomlin became head coach in 2007? I'm going to go with three. I'll say five. Yeah, Ed, you're never close. It's, it's, it's 17. <laughs> no, but if you think about that over those number of seasons, that's not bad. But here's the big thing. Do you know how many they've had in the last two seasons? One. Hmm. And that was against the Bengals this past year in the game that they won, the 36-10 game. Now, just to give you an idea, how many touchdown drives in that same time period from 2007 through last year where they started inside their own 10-yard line? How many times do you think the Steelers on offense has scored touchdowns since in, in the Mike Tomlin era? 20. I'll say 14. Inverse your numbers there, Brian. 41. 41? Wow. 41 wow. scoring drives that ended in a touchdown when they started inside their own 10. So when you say you think 17's a lot, that just put it in perspective. When you're talking about, what is it, 14 years is, is it, it's been for yeah. Tomlin now? Yeah. yeah. So that means that they're having multiple touch, long touchdown drives per season and giving up barely one a year. Well, how many times did Weasel Boy actually pin someone inside the 10 last See, that, that's the thing. Was how I, I have, hold on. I just have to look it up here real quick. Well, I'm, unless Brian has some, uh, has some, well, I don't just have it Weasel Boy. I have it in, in, in total <laughs> because remember, he was not the kicker all year. But last right. year, um, last year, the Steelers defense came on the field with the other team having the ball at the 10 yard line or further and more inside the 10. 10 or less, 14 times. 14 times he gave up one touchdown. One okay. touchdown, one field goal, nine punts, three turnovers. And that's all laid out in tomorrow's Vertex. There you go. Brian, do you have trivia? Yeah, I actually have a good one that I just thought of, and this is going to be a lot of fun. So we're talking about punters like crazy, and it's a sensation. In 1983, the Steelers had a rookie punter. And that rookie – pardon me? What year did you say again? I missed the year. 1983. 83. Thank you. They had a rookie punter who was a barefoot punter. And what was his name? He wore number 17. I was born in 1983. I don't know. You don't know that? Dave? I know. I know just because I've been doing a lot of punting research. Who the, who the punter okay, was? So give, give it to me. Oh, hold on. Yes. I just got to remember. Hold on. Barefooted punter. I think the University of Texas. I had this because I just researched this, but now why is it? I'm getting confused because it was Colco came in 78. And because I was looking at, at ones that were drafted, it was, I, I don't, I don't remember because Colquitt was the punter in 83, right? I was thinking you were saying it was someone who started because I knew actually who all the punters were for them through then. But yeah, Colquitt was the only one who punted in 1983. Okay, then then it was a 1982 and uh, Andrew Wilbar, who uh, must have looked it up. There's no way that he knows who John Goodson is. But uh, <laughs> so oh, John... it was the strike year. Yeah, they, were, they had a different punter that year. So what was it 1982? Did I just get this? Yeah, in 82. From, okay. Yep. 
So it's John Goodson. Now, Michael O'Malley's mentioning John Goodman. Now, John Goodman was a defensive end who wore number 95 for three years on that team, and he did not star in Roseanne. <laughs> okay. Any final thoughts for this week? Or are we calling it a show? Brian, are you? Yeah. I need My final her. thoughts are I need some sleep. Yes. Good final thought. I like that. I could get down with that. Hey, Dave, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just we're going to get more data. I said it before. Oh, it would be gosh. nice to have data. Now Nerd it's better, you know, no, but, but we, I said it before, <laughs> we have a baseline now to base everything off of. So now we get to see, and I will be honest with you. If you guys look back, obviously you can't for 2020, the Pittsburgh Steelers generally don't do as well in their second preseason game after their first preseason game. When they, when they come out much more crisp, you, if you're going to see these things fall apart, they take them for granted more in the second. So I'm, I'm expecting them to be, to be not as, you know, maybe a little bit sloppy or maybe extra sloppy for you um, on Thursday night. So we'll see. Hopefully not. No, you kids like them sloppy. All right. That's it for us on the Steelers preview. Uh, next week, we'll be back to our regular scheduled time of Thursday Yay. night, based on the fact that the Steelers don't play till Saturday next week. So that's it for the Tuesday shows for the time being at least for a week. So uh, in the meantime, hey, make sure you check us out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and all our podcast platforms. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so you don't miss a thing. Why don't you send us out, Dave? Hey. See you next week. Go Steelers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.